0: You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast.
1: Hatupatu and Kuru Naitoku, a forbidden love, provides a reimagining of a te Arawa Pudako. The Pudako tells the story of Hatupatu, a young warrior who is captured by a part woman, part bird creature, named Kuru Naituku. Artistic director and writer, Tane Mahuta Gray, provides a humanistic and romantic portrayal of the Pudako. that delves into the nuances of the pair's relationship. With a performance design influenced by the aerial style of De La Gwada, Hatupatu and Kudu Naituku, forbidden love, provides an immersive experience for attendees. I spoke to artistic director and writer Tane Mahutegre about the pūdaku behind the show, as well as the De La Guarda inspiration.
0: or as we've named it the show Hatupatu Kūru of Fit and Love we, we've taken the Te Arawa version of it although there are versions uh, relating to Kūru the Bird Woman Nāti Raukawa Tuhare Toa and also Tainui Waikato also have uh, connections through to Kūru as well so but we've been given permission to tell the Te Arawa story of which Hatupatu is one of the Tupuna descendants who travelled on the Tiaruwa Waka uh, from Tahiti across to Aotearoa back in the 12th uh, century. So the that, that that's the base of, of um, the Whakapapa that we're following through with Hasu Pasu. And for us, the uh, Kantapa for this story, it's interesting thing it's Kunai Chiku because she is also known as Hine Te ingo ingo, and Imo um, and was an actual Tupuna. And, and kind of a fascinating woman too. So from Kororo, from Richard Faradahi and, and his son, who are direct descendants of him, uh, of, of Kuruna there yeah, that it was as if she was a bit of a, a, a Wahine uh, Tapairu, but a, who was a, a Wahine who probably a little bit like a hermit who lived in the forest and would snare her birds with, with thrusting spears. And so that's where one of her names, Kurunga Ituku, uh, comes from. Um, uh, the, the thrusting um, of the pao, of the spirit, kūrūna to thrust that. Um, so we've really kind of brought the story in this one towards also honouring the tūpuna and the, the wahine, the, the woman that she was as well, as her connection to, to the mystical story, then, the, the mythic hurako of, of this hybrid human bird woman within the, within the show. So we've kind of really honour that and really uplifted kūrūna story. And a and lot of the kororo that you see in storybooks, say by A.W. Reed and, and other writers about Hatsupati and Kere really has Kere really as this kind of bit more fierce, feminine bird woman who captured Hatsupati and um, uh, for her own, um, in a way, to treat him as a bit like a pet and, and um, an incarceration for the four months that when he captured him from, we believe it's from about May, June, that the capturing would have happened because that's usually the bird hunting season for Kere or was at the time. And he would have spent four months in her cave. So the, those four months, uh, we, we're working with that provider, that a uh, relationship built of, of that that time. And that there is also an element that they they, they also bore a child too, which was the, where the uh, fuck the directs through through the Friday line. But so just kind of noting that element. So we've gone where there was a common love they a relationship that built there and where Hachipatsu really grew a lot of his extra skills and abilities. But that made him, when he, when he was able to return home, become a leader and waiting for his people and eventually a leader for his for Zui. So the, so it's really kind of interesting context to take that, the mythic element of Kurenai being a little bit demonised and a little bit of the talking, very kind of patriarchal view, a lot of our story took that kind of lens. And it wasn't until ago beautiful book Kura Naituku That's the name of that really kind of brought the mana back to Kura Naituku and, 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 and that book she's named Kura Naituku which is another name for her as well and Kudan something of a beautiful red ornament a, a, a gorgeous something very precious the word of kura and so uh, again another uh, corridor around the naming of of kuruna no so for us it's been really beautiful good working also with tamibitai natai from tamatai rai urehu his oh, gentleman um, has really helped to imbue us uh, with his knowledge of the story and he was talking about kuruna ituku kuruna ituku uh, being the the, the the hermit's lady who, who used to spare, spare birds and was a kind of a uh, enigma within within the community at the time. And then also we've had Honey Papa um, who's from Nazi Waki, our Kifukare, whatever, and he's been our co-master and Dohana uh, Kayarahi, our expert guidance guide for the show he's got other fucking up the lines about how to and there's a lot about where she passed away, the poles in Tapuya, uh, where she was um, golden and, and burnt within the geyser explosion and, and and hot pools and and also the areas where Te Naituku uh, spent her, her, her time near Atiamuri and Pohaturoo which is a, a, another rock cave area which is perceived to be one of her places where where she lived in her cave and where Hatipatu was incarcerated and it was, it was about a couple of cave kilometres on the junction of the Waikato River but just on State Highway 1 and a couple of caves down from there is where the rocks they or or And that's the rock that you pass on State Highway 1 going up through Ate up towards Hamilton. And a lot of people uh, stop by to, to visit the rock and there's a beautiful um, inset to that rock which we were able to film and we used drone footage so that we could be able to digitalise that and those special tapu places be able to bring that into the AV and the beautiful visuals in the show. to um, so really bring mana to these, these uh, waihi tapu, these, these special places and be able to share that in our help and our offering of this, this story as well. The thing for us, um, in terms of that element, we do know that Hatsupatu ransacked the caves, and for us, and that's been quite a year. you know, uh, you know that that element of, you know, Kuru-Aituku relationship, and, and, and the challenge for us is building this kind of love relationship, this forbidden love, and then him being ransacking in the caves. So we've had to kind of create narrative reasons of why we've received he got so frustrated and then ransacked the cave, killed all her pets, her, m- her mokai, her, her birds, and, and stole um, taonga from the, the cave, which would taonga that he was able to utilise, uh, really bring up his testimony status when he returned home. Because Kutunai's is also known as a phenomenal weaver. Uh, her hands were so strong and her her ability, you know, bought like two, three times the strength of a, of a of a normal human. So she was able to do things which humans couldn't do and so her weaving was just impeccable and her creation of weapons was, was impeccable as she really grabbed on the art of, of of her, her, her womanhood and, and that of humankind and learning. and so she learned a lot also of Hachipatsu and then was able to take those, those, that knowledge and then take it on up to another level as well So, and her observation of humans. So it, it does have, within our and the, the journey when Hatipati escaped and ran back took them back through to the, the thermal areas of, of, of the puya and near Yeah, where, was, where uh, the thermal zone there. And that was in one of his, his areas where he would swim and he knew that area extremely well. So he knew once he was there, he was on a lot stronger territory than the than Naitipi. But we do have a bit of a twist in our one, which I won't share with you. I'll you form has come through as to what happens at, at, at the end of that, that story and, and the beautiful thing I think of this is a lot of it would be conjecture as well because there was only Hatsupatsu and Kuru Naitiku in that moment there so we put an offering as to what could have happened that was a big part of the transformation and a change of arc and the way Hatsupatsu then went about with life following that um, exchange with Kuru Naitiku, that in the end um, as we know history is written by those who, who, who survived or or by those who, who won the battle. So they obviously put their lens on it. So we're also offering another lens and, and trying to balance the equation and have more of and TV's perspective in that side of things as well, which make, we're looking, really looking forward to seeing how people respond to that and, and those potentials that we've put in as, as our offering for the show.
1: I think that was one of the parts that, I, that really stood out to me because there's some versions of the Pūraka that I've read where there isn't that romance in the element, as you talked about. So it was really interesting to see that kind of you're taking your perspective on it and hearing it the reasonings behind that, as well. I did want to ask about one other aspect of the show in particular, and that's kind of the 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 way it's designed to be performed, and the fact that it's modeled after the theatrics of Delaguarda. What was the reasoning behind choosing to do it that way? Was it what was it trying to evoke from the audience?
0: For me, it was because I spent five years with Delaguarda and performed with them in London, Las Vegas, South America, and, and Buenos Aires. I also got opportunities to go to Berlin, Amsterdam, and Seoul, and then the last season i did with them my fifth year in the contract for my body was a little bit worn out after 887 shows i think i did in that show and it is one of the big top three shows created of all time it is incredible bisha bisha was the name of that show it is absolutely amazing it's an immersive experience the audience stand together 750 were in london at the roundhouse jammed in, and the whole whole thing is on top of the audience and it was such a unique experience it really flipped. What better could be? It really hit London by storm in 1999, uh, 2000, and that's when I joined the cast. Um, pretty lucky, 1800 auditioned and I got one of the 15 slots. So it was a really beautiful break for me. and Manchester United football contract equivalent for the arts is what I got. So then for me, being able to go and bring these skills back to Aotearoa and three-dimensionally uh, tell our uh, Maori storytelling was what that, bringing those skills and coming mm-hmm. back home um, uh, offered uh, for, for getting Kiwis to fly and, and, and allowing our stories to go three-dimensionally. In my first show, Maui, One Man Against the Gods, and my second show, Tikitane Mahu, so, to you, Tiki and, and Sam Chibirik, who toured with us for that show. They, they were on preceding March stages so the audience sat in the audience and watched into uh, and, 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 and so we we did break the fourth wall in the proceeding um, March line uh, in Maui where we had aerials beyond so we had hooked up some uh, trusting within the auditorium and in the, the air uh, now we far four when they flew out from the rural boxes the boxes and flew running the auditorium so we were one of the first shows in the world to ever pull that off which was awesome we did we did the musical on Broadway by a year and also Mary Poppins uh, on their West End by a year as well. So it was really great. My London Climbers helped us teach the Climbers to make that work. And so we had a bit of a massive experience, but not the massive experience that De La Guada was. So this has been my aspiration because De La Guada's never come to us or all shore, was to be able to create a scenario so that we could do our storytelling in this more massive space. So for those audience who are standing in the theatre, uh, you're right up the site of that walk where we're all within our flying and, and performance and you are really immersed in the story so you are the market you are the forest you are the thermal geysers as well and, and you're just part of the absolute nature and environment that they've created and a fun work it so we create the audience in this bubble and we really want to make everything so slack and clean so that you can stay in that and become a bubble of entrancement um, and really just feed yourself within the story and the narrative and the journey and, and feel like you are um, on the ride with, with Hartsupatsu and, and also on the ride with Naituku as well. So it's a yeah, for me it was a chance of it as an homage to uh Delaguada and and bring that experience back to New Zealanders who mm. um there have been different massive shows in in the Aotearoa, but they're rare and uh, in this kind of nature and, and with the kind of setup it's a massive setup to do this. I think we had six trucks to get all our stuff in for two theatres. So the key was saying it was the, the, the um, not attractive to seen for a show in that under-setter space. It's definitely epic when you go in there in terms of going, the setup, is pretty impressive. of actually by Sam Johnston, our technical manager at Runner, and uh, you, crew, And the components uh, for me were, as an audience, you were just, you were a part of the journey. So even in you theater, we have a different setting to the warehouse performances, um, that we're doing that in Christchurch and Rotorua, and we've finished the Wellington season, so it's in Maotorua, best arts and do theater you get the chance for either stand and have that really nice experience or you can sit in the balcony or the gods um, level and watch the show I call it from the home realm and um, and then you're you're really seeing it from kind of the outside in as well so there's quite awesome perspectives to see the show and see has been it's a beautiful setup inside there. so it's it's very different to the Wellington show that we did because of that upper-seating option so provides those who couldn't stand for 70 minutes uh, to be able to sit and watch on their elements. And for us, it's also a great opportunity to be able to really tie in the the, the, the possibility of immersive experience and making people feel like you are absolutely part of this journey together with the other
1: car. That was artistic director and writer Tane Mahuta-Grey speaking on Hatupatu, Naituku, A Forbidden Love. The show is only on for two more nights in... Tamaki Makoto, at the Q Theatre, so make sure you grab your tickets.
0: That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-Cart. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.